1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Grit and Grace, the recovery hour. This is Bill and Tanisha, we're here once again with this opportunity, with an opportunity to bring you information as well as revelation. This is Bill and Tanisha with the Stepping Up Initiative. Man, we got to shout out our sponsors. Shout out to our sponsor, the Stepping Up Initiative, which is a national initiative designed to reduce the number of people in jail that have mental health and substance use challenges. Shout out to our fearless leader, Commissioner Doreen Williams, for spearheading this effort. It's a monumental undertaking. It's life-changing. Anyway, this is Bill and Tanisha with the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour, and we just want to take an opportunity to once again respond to our listeners. We've had an overwhelming influx of questions from people in the community that want more information about some of the things that they've heard on Grit and Grace the Recovery Out. So we would be remiss if we didn't take this time to answer their questions. So with that being said, uh, Tanisha, you want to say hello to the people out there in Radio Land?
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you all. Um, I'm grateful to be here another week with you all. We are just enjoying this process of being able to bring you all resources and information and now answering your questions. The Q&A segment that we are bringing to you all, I'm really enjoying this process as well. Feel free and please engage in the process to be able to join us on our social media, submit your questions so that maybe on the next Q&A we can also address those there.
1: Wow, thank you so much, Tanisha. So let's go ahead and get off to the cosmos. The first question we have is, what exactly is the Stepping Up Initiative? What does it do? And for who does it do it for? I'll give a shot at that one, Tanisha. The Stepping Up Initiative, like I said in, in our prologue, is a national initiative that's designed to reduce the number of people in jails that have those significant challenges, mental health challenges, substance use challenges, and and are caught up in cultural vacuums, and all of those other things that get people to jail. And that's kind of the technical concept. But kind of let me break it into layman's terms. The Stepping Up Initiative, its actually it's a county initiative, and we have a steering committee that's made up of a very diverse group of people, we have representatives from the courts, representatives from the city police, representatives from the sheriff's office, representatives from viewpoint, representatives from the hospital, representatives from all sections. You know, just a lot of people are coming together to try to create solutions for some of the things that we have identified. And we've done workshops in listening sessions where we've all come together and really took a deep dive into understanding not just what the problems are, but why they are problems and to start generating solutions. Because you know, a lot of us know what some of the issues are, but those issues are very complex. So what we've done, what the Stepping Up Initiative has done, it's brought all of those players into the same room consistently over and over to start digging into some of the problems with data transferring, some of the problems with fees and fines and forfeitures, with some of the problems with transportation, with some of the problems with the way people flow through the system, and how do we interrupt those gaps and barriers and those things. And, and so I'm just gonna to touch on a couple things that we've come out of those meetings with that we have actually implemented. So one of those things is we do recovery groups twice a day for the community. And, and these are recovery groups that anybody can come to and these recovery groups are different from treatment groups And they're different from our anonymous fellowships. These are recovery groups where we don't talk about what's wrong with us, but we talk about what's right with us. And we think that's very important because a lot of times when people come into treatment and they start to tell you what you should not do. And even after you stop doing that, whether you stop using drugs or you... You, you stop, you know, having those significant psychotic events or mental health challenges or whatever. Some of the underlying factors that mitigate those things still exist. People still have no jobs. People still have a problem with access to treatment. People still have educational barriers. People still have financial literacy barriers. People still have questions about how to live a whole and fruitful life. And so we come together every day, once at 11 in the daytime, and then once again at six in the evening and people come together and we really talk about from a recovery perspective, what's right with us, how we facilitate recovery, how we live our lives. And we change recovery from something that only happens when you go to a meeting or something that only happens when you're in trouble to something that happens in your life every day, to something that is beautiful and something that is fruitful, not something that is burdensome or something that you look at with disdain. Um, We also have a recovery mentoring concept where um, we actually have peer support that meets with people and and does pro-social events with people and really partners with people to understand what their significant challenges are and kind of how people in recovery who've had those same challenges, how they've overcome those challenges. And so I think that's very important because a lot of times we tell people, you need to change or you need to get yourself together, but we don't tell them how. We tell them what they should do, but we don't tell them how to do it. And and systems tell you, you should do it, but the way they're telling you to do it may not be the way you learn or may not be the way you roll. So we've got recovery mentoring. We've got community-based peer support. We've got linkage to services. We get calls all the time from people who are homeless or people who are having this challenge or that challenge and we're able to hook them up with the resources in real time and and open the door to recovery for them. Not just send them there, not just say, go to Viewpoint or go to Grand or go to Rockdale House for Men. You know, we actually partner with people to move them through those things and educate them about those processes. We also have training for people to get certifications. Myself, I'm a certified peer specialist for mental health. I'm a certified peer specialist for addictive disease. I'm a certified peer specialist, forensic peer mentor, which is for people who have done time or people who are coming out of prisons. I'm also a certified psychiatric rehabilitation practitioner. And I've had a lot of opportunities to go into big rooms with a lot of people who know how to do a lot of those, the modalities and and those things that facilitate change in the way we talk, in the way we think, in the way we approach life, in the way we approach problems, the way we solve problems, in the way we just interact with life on life's terms. And so we are partnering with people to not only kind of guide them and and to mentor them and partner with them. So because a certification is bigger than just the letters, we want people to know how to do it. Because, you know, we have you ever went to somebody to get your car fixed, and they don't really know anything about cars. So they're just guessing and telling you, I think it's a battery, or it may be the alternator, or maybe you need a new distributor, or maybe you need an engine. How much do you want for the car? And, and you know, at what point do you just say, ah, you know what I'm saying? So we're really trying to get people connected with those certifications. And then after they get connected with those certifications, then we're trying to get them gainful employment. We're trying to use our partnerships. Because when people are trained, when people are ready, when people really want jobs and there's no job, that can be a very frustrating thing as well. So we're trying to bridge that gap. I know that we are also doing a lot of supports with the people who run our systems, and they've given us access to those systems, such as the courts and the jails and some of those other systems, so that we can partner with them to create system change. I know a lot of people say systems aren't changing, but I beg to differ because they're changing because we are starting to, we're at the table. And that's another thing that the Stepping Up Initiative has done. It's brought people in recovery to the table as advisors and people in recovery to the table as project developers and, and as in our creative and our intellectual properties have value they're creating a level playing field as opposed to the old school thing where people said not in my backyard Then no people ain't gonna be in my backyard so that we're at the table so that's something that is doing and that changes the power differential that creates equity in systems Because, you know, there's a difference between equality and equity. You know, it's also, like I say, it's really done a lot for empowering people and creating pro-social opportunities. We've done events that are national events. We've done pro-social events and brought people, hundreds of people together and and just really chopped it up and, and see people really flourish and have opportunities to interact with people that they may have only seen in their professional roles. But for them to understand that the people behind the uniform, the people behind the robe, Those are human beings and we are human beings. We're not just addicts or convicts or or whatever people used to stigmatize us as as saying or calling us, but we're just human beings. And if we come together, maybe you can show me how to be better, To, to, to know better is to do better. So that's part of what it does. That's another thing about the Stepping Up Initiative. All of those service components that we're talking about are totally free of charge. We're not charging people. This is something that, and shout out to Commissioner Williams for driving that machine, because it's not about billing. It's not about money. It's about really creating a better system. So uh, I hope that answers that question. That was a long answer, but it was a question that deserved a long answer. Tanisha, what's your first question you got over there? My first
0: question,
1: let's see here,
0: was... What is something that recovery has given you that you are grateful for today? Okay, so Tanisha, you can go ahead and take that one. So recovery has given me stability back to my life. It's given me so much. It's hard to say what's one thing, but one thing that I could say overall, if I just had to sum it up, recovery has given me stability back to my life. And I say stability because I was a mess in so many different areas of my life. You know, my spiritual relationship was non-existent. Occupation, you know, it was just, it revolved around me getting a drink or being able to have a drink. Um, So I like to work in bars and things of that nature. But now, since I'm in recovery, I don't need those things. Now I can provide for my children, you know, in a way that I wasn't able to before. You know, I made money, but I blew it. So financially I'm I'm more stable. You know, if I go around how we go through our eight dimensions of wellness, and you know, and that's something that we kind of talk about on some of the other podcasts and in some of our other groups. But if I go around in all of those areas, I had to be probably like a zero in all of those when I was in my darker days. But now I know that I have, you know, I have found some sort of balance and stability in my life in all of those areas.
1: Wow, that is incredible. And, you know, if, if you were to ask me uh, how has recovery impacted my life and what am I grateful for, like you say, that's a very difficult question to sum up the simple terms. I guess I, to the, the greatest degree, to simplify it, I would just have to say that today I have a purpose. I have a purpose. I, You know, I am intentional today when I wake up in the morning, it's not a bad day. I wake up in the morning and I know that I have a positive contribution to not just to, to my life and to other people's lives into some very difficult equations. And I'm willing and ready and happy to roll my sleeves up and put, you know, and put my hands on the, the issues, you know, and so. For me, that's very, very, very gratifying, very fulfilling, very satisfying. Okay, so let me see here. Oh, here we go. Huh?
0: <laughs> I said, yeah, you stole my answer. That was a
1: good one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Well, since I stole your answer, here's a question for you, Tanisha. And you started you kind of answered part of it. How has the Stepping Up Initiative impacted your life or your recovery?
0: <laughs> my recovery? Wow. Uh, so. It's impacted my life in a whole lot of ways. Just like I said, you know, without the stepping up initiative, kind of like seeing me in the program and and doing my volunteering and everything, without the stepping up initiative there to kind of take me under their wing and give me a place to call home after the accountability courts, after, you know, the drug court program, then I probably would have been lost. (laughs) I probably would not have known... How to continue and be successful in my recovery? I mean, I I have a sponsor that I work with, but it's much bigger than that. You know, the Stepping Up Initiative provided me employment, and it's me working in my passion. You know, like you said, working with a purpose. So me being able to feel that what I'm doing, and and partnering with Stepping the Stepping Up Initiative, I know that I'm doing it for someone else to get to where I am, and you know. I know that I was just not too long ago in those same shoes. So in my recovery, it, it keeps me going every day. in that same And that same thing to know that I know that I have to keep passing it along. I know that I have to be healthy and whole. And, you know, it keeps me working on myself. I can't just sit back a day and give up on myself and just say, oh, I'm tired of this, you know, because I know that I need to stay healthy in order for me to continue to, you know, live out my purpose.
1: Wow, thank you so much.
0: We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of a community to carry out
1: this vision. And together we are stronger. And I guess that's a great segue. Here we got another question that's for Tanisha, and it says, Tanisha, how is recovery different from what people think? Because I know that there's a lot of stigma around the word recovery. Because I, I know when I talk to people and I say I'm in recovery, and they say, you know, what, you know, they think of it in a negative term. Were you a drug addict or were you an addict or were you an alcoholic or, you know, were you, you know, they, they, so how would you say recovery is different from what people think?
0: The main thing is I see a lot of people think that recovery, like you said, either they have this vision of the type of person you are or the type of person you were or the type of lifestyle that you live because you're in recovery. They don't think about you having overcome that life and that you're living a different life now you know so in recovery for me it's like I heard somebody explain it as in you went through the fire but you came out and you don't smell like the smoke anymore you know so it's like yeah I went through that but when you look at me you can't tell when you look at me you can't see that you know and it's and even when I tell you (laughs) what I came from, you still can't imagine it because I look so different from what I used to live, you know? Um, And then recovery to me is, I have personally, I have experienced more fun and pleasure in recovery than I did before. So a lot of people, what I hear is, and I hear people on the group come on all the time saying, I just don't want to be bored. I don't want to be, you know, like." Oh, I can't do anything. I can't go nowhere, you know. And it's not like that. Like I went kayaking for the first time in my life, you know. I, I you start to do things that you may not have done when you were, you know, out there or whatever. Things that you know, when I was out there, I just wanted to do one or two things. You know, I wanted to hit the club and I wanted to make sure I was higher drugs. So you know, if 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 I wasn't doing it, I ain't want to be a part of it. But now, if somebody says, "Okay, let's go do this." I can think outside of the box and I can, you know, I'll I'll do it and I have fun and I enjoy it. I, I enjoy walking nature trails. You know, I enjoy time with my kids. I enjoy time just having fun with people without having to be under under the influence of anything. That is so powerful to me. And it's like, high on life and not high on a substance. You know, it's, it's totally different. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, I was talking to somebody and I, I heard somebody say this. If you really want to get high, then stop using drugs. You know what I mean? And and when I heard that, I I thought, wow, that sounds really interesting. You know what I'm saying? It's like a conundrum, but really it's true. You know what I mean? It's really true because today I'm experiencing a joy and an exhilaration and a, a level of happiness just in the simplest things, a real true appreciation For for just creation and and for interactions and for people and for relationships, you know that I never ever ever experienced before. So you're absolutely right about that, Tanisha. Um, What would you have? What's your next question?
0: Yes. So uh, my next question: What is something that presented the hardest challenge for you to overcome in your recovery?
1: And you know that's kind of easy for me. All the time people think that recovery or, or think that issues, uh, especially when we talk about the kind of issues that you know kind of plague our, our society today, addiction issues, mental health challenges and all that kind of stuff, you know they think of that in terms very singular terms. using what did you use? what was your drug or whatever what was your drug of choice? For me, it was bigger than just using drugs. I used people, I used a very negative system of thinking of conduct and propulsion. And I I coped with things very poorly. I used aggression and anger to mask my fear and my insecurities. I used crime instead of working. I used uh, <laughs> I used despair and, and, and all those negative p- components instead of the positive ones. So for me, to stop using those negative things was extremely difficult. Stop using my negative superpower because I used to use those negative superpowers the um the conniving um the you know the, the the uh the hustle um you know the game i was caught up in the game you know so when i stopped using drugs and stopped drinking i then i left it i left the game because when i changed my crowd I got away from people who were robbing, I got away from people who were hustling. and now well, now I'm like a fish out of the water because if I can't, if I can't hustle and I can't rob then, how am I going to survive? You know what I'm saying? And somebody said, well, go to work. you know And I'm like, what? you know uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, what is work? You know what I mean? Does I mean I have to go out in the sun, you know uh, I was very lost. And it took a lot of different therapeutic interventions, it took recovery interventions, and it took a great deal of spiritual interventions for me to change the way my mind worked. And recovery is a psychic change. Recovery is a radical change in the way we conceptualize life the way we perceive life, because when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. When you change the way you talk, when you change the way you think, when you change the way you react, when you remove certain things from the menu, you know, that's just like uh, we do a group all the time with people and say, if you take the word but out of your vocabulary, just watch how that changes your ability to communicate. You know what I mean? Because but has become such a natural a place where you disagree. You know what I mean? It's such this place where, you know, yeah, 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 but. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you take the word but out of your vocabulary, but, you know, for me, when I took anger out, when I took frustration out, when I took, you know, all of those negative things out, it really, that was probably the hardest thing for me, changing those behaviors.
0: Yeah, yeah. And for me, I think, my pride was the hardest thing for me um, for the longest. Even pe- when people told me, I thought that they thought that I had a problem or I needed to slow down. My pride stood in the way that I thought, right? You know, I I couldn't um I couldn't accept it and I wouldn't surrender because of my
1: pride. My pride stood in the way. Wow, I want to thank you so much for saying that, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill and Tanisha with the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour Question and Answer Period. You know, and, and I wanna thank everybody out there that supports our program. I wanna shout out the Hurricane Maine and the His Hop Nation for giving us this platform and this opportunity. I wanna shout out the Bernie Marinelli and Diane Marinelli for making our first connection into this venue on this platform. Uh, this has been a tremendous opportunity. It is our extreme
0: pleasure to have such strong community partners, such as Viewpoint Health, to join us in our journey to recovering individuals, as well as systems and procedures. Viewpoint Health offers an array of services and resources for individuals with mental health challenges, substance use challenges, as well as intellectual and developmental disabilities. To connect with them, please visit their website at www myviewpointhealth.org or you can call 678-209-2411
1: Tanisha, we got another question uh, for you here. The question is, what is Grit and Grace RCO? So Grit and Grace
0: RCO is um, RCO stands for Recovery Community Organization. That is basically, if we were to put it into layman's term, it's a recovery center. It's an organization, um, a nonprofit organization, for people in recovery to be able to have meetings, socialize, you know, be able to get recovery resources and be connected to partners in our community who provide services for people in recovery. That's basically what Grit and Grace is.
1: And and not only is it that, but there is a vision, an ongoing vision for Grit and Grace. And and Grit and Grace is a peer-driven, and and when we say peer-driven, that means people in recovery are the decision makers. And it's a place where we do what recovery does. And and so we have uh, on our strategic plan, we have transportation coming. We have transportation that's going to get people from one place to another. Now, who are those people? Those are people who are coming out of jails. Those are people who are trying to get to meetings. Those are people who are trying to get to jobs. Those are people who are trying to get to appointments. And, And we're going to have people in recovery doing the work in getting people to recovery, even if it's in the opposite direction from where grit and grace is, because recovery is not a linear process. Because if I get to my appointment, if I get to a place where I can get clothes so I can get a job, if I get to a food bank so that I can get food to feed my family, if I get to my mental health appointment so that I can get to my medication or get to my therapist or get to that intervention, ultimately that gives me a better opportunity to recover. And if I recover, the people around me recover. So I know that we're doing that. I know that we have a on our strategic plan coming up next week, we're going to start taking recovery into the jails because it's never too early and it's never too soon for people to get information about what recovery looks like, where it's at, how it works, how do they become part of it, In recovery, and, and we hear people say this all the time, the opposite of addiction is connection. And, and that's one of the things that and grace is, it's a place that facilitates connection, connecting people to these life-saving concepts and principles that have changed other people's lives. Yep. Tanisha, what's your next question you got? Well, first I want to read this
0: um, from when when the logo was submitted and the acronym that went with grit and grace. And so grit was to stand for guided recovery, increasing transformations, and grace stood for giving resources and continued education. It says the inspiration grit and grace received its name because we recognize that anything worth having takes hard work, grit. But we are given the opportunity to overcome addiction and reach our life's goals by the grace placed on our lives. Grit and Grace is needed to transform individuals through recovery, therapy, education, and the resources they need to be returned back as valuable members of the community, walking in their purpose and divine destiny. So just to kind of
1: give them a little uh, background on where it came from. There we go. And and so thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I know another thing, and and somebody was asking me in that question where it was, what is the Stepping Up Initiative and what will it do? Another one of the components for the Stepping Up Initiative is going to be the opening doors to recovery project for people coming out of jails. And that is a three-person intensive case management model that's going to be housed inside Viewpoint Health. And that system is going to Partner with people when they come out of jail and wrap three people around them, a clinician, a family member, and a person in recovery to partner with that person and their families to navigate these systems for a year. And and that means help them achieve safe, appropriate housing. That means make sure that they have access to treatment to make sure that they have access to technology and they understand how to technologically approach this society today. And to also understand how do people find meaning in their lives? If you walked up to people today and you asked them, you know, what is your purpose for being here? You would be surprised how what that answer looks like for a lot of people. And, and I know that for me, for 50 years of my life, I didn't have an answer to that question. For 50 years of my life, if you would have asked me, what is your purpose for being here? My answer would have had a negative connotation. And, and I, like you said before, Tanisha, I probably would have been offended by you asking me that. And, and I think the reason that I would have been offended is because I didn't know the answer. So uh, I know that the Opening Doors to Recovery Project is slated to start in the next couple of months. So everybody out there, um, we'll make sure that we kind of keep you abreast on that so that everybody will be aware of what's going on and when it's going to happen. What's your next question you got, Tanisha?
0: The next question on my list is, is there something that you do to continuously reflect on your recovery process?
1: Yeah, well, that's a kind of easy question. I know that for me, because I'm very disorganized, <laughs> you know, or disorganized type, whichever one you want to call it. Um, for me, recovery has, I have some very structured activities that I do. Every morning when I wake up, I do some meditation, I do some prayer, and I do some association with recovery material every day. Plus, because I do a group every day, I also connect with a lot of different content that is recovery based. All of these things change my brain chemistry. All of these things, when I do these every morning, it, it takes me to a, it, it propels me from a positive place. Because see, I can't do that and this at the same time. So, you know, I'll do that instead of doing something else. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and with, with my recovery comes meetings. With my recovery comes you know, my spiritual outlets, with my recovery comes my service work, with my recovery comes very pro-social and very culturally agile conversations. I think that's one of the misconceptions with systems is they have a one-size-fits-all mentality when we're approaching people for the recovery process. Or we're under the misconception that the way it worked for me needs to be the way it works for you. And that's not the way it works. Recovery has some very subtle nuances that, that need to be different. Because if we were all the same If we all had our hair the same, if we all wore the same color, if we all thought the same thing at the same time, if we all said the same thing at the same time, it would be a very interesting world that we exist in. So that diversity, um, that's something else that my recovery welcomes today. Uh, I welcome and celebrate the differences in other people because I think that's a powerful weapon toward world change. And we're in a world that needs to change some things. We're in a world that has some cultural vacuums and everybody approaches those cultural vacuums with character assassination and blame and in a lot of vitriol. Um, you know, today I'm approaching life with serenity and peace and, and with joy and happiness. Even in the challenges, even in my challenges, I have to have a positive propulsion system to take me through those challenges. So those are some of the things that I use to facilitate recovery on a day-to-day basis.
0: Yeah I, I agree with you. I, the, some of the things that you um, mentioned the morning routines that's something that I use too. I also wanted to mention something that you introduced to me and to the rest of the people in our recovery community is assessing ourselves on the eight dimensions of wellness. That has become a part of what I do, and I know I just mentioned it in another um, response to the question. So I kind of wanted to bring, you know, just bring awareness to it. So when we're assessing ourselves in the eight dimensions of wellness, we're going over or evaluating ourselves and trying to see where we can, where we need to continue working on our recovery in each specific area, so that we ha- we recover in whole health, so that would be emotional, financial, social, spiritual, occupational, physical, intellectual, and environmental, and we we assess ourselves in each of the eight areas. So that has really, you know, when when Mr. Bill introduced that to us and we go over it in our groups, that's become a normal process for me and my recovery is to see where I'm at because it fluctuates, you know, Sometimes I may be falling short in an area that I was doing better before and so
1: I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I think that's very good, and while you're mentioning that, I see I got another question here, and, and it is <laughs> the certified peer specialist training, um, so it's come to our attention that you just got through completing the certified peer specialist and so i want to ask you, this is a question from me to you. So explain to me how you found out about Certified Peer specialists and why you decided to become one, kind of can't, can't walk us down that so that I can understand that and the people out there in Radio Land can understand.
0: Yes. So how I became to find out about it was, of course, through you all, I mean, the Peer's That I or the peer support that I had in Rockdale. So after I graduated from the program and I believe another application process was being open with the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network, you all, you know, we talked about it, you know, this is an opportunity that you can do to get certified. I looked into it and I thought that it would be a great way for me to stay involved, you know, even though I had graduated, I knew that I had dealt with my own mental, you know, challenges of, you know, depression, anxiety from from trauma and all of that. And so to be able to connect with other people and be able to use my story or, you know, use my experience and what I had dealt with to be able to help somebody else in walking through and navigating through a challenge that they may be going through. I mean, I'm like, why not? You know, I can get certified for doing this. What do you mean? (laughs) You know, I mean, that was that was really big to me because, like you said, a lot of times we don't feel like we have purpose anymore. And so basically what that process looked like was Commissioner Williams and Mr. Bill and the Stepping Up Committee basically were able to write me a letter of recommendation because that's a part of the application process. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It has become, I think it has become more, it's a challenge to get in. A lot of people are trying to get in because now it's virtual versus before when you had to travel, it may not have been so many people could, it's, it's been more competitive to get in. So you may not get in the first time and I didn't get in my first time, but I kept going. That's the thing, you know, you just keep, you know, keep trying. And, um, and I got in and, um, it was, it was a two week process, two-week training, and being able to connect with other people in recovery who are trying to do, I I thought it was a great networking process as well as being able to engage and learn a lot of the different um, components of how to work with people. It was interesting because being in the training, a lot of this information I had already learned from Mr. Bill, and I did not know they were going to be teaching some of the stuff that he had already exposed me to, but it was good to, you know, get a refresher on it and see how it applies in actually working with people. So um, it was a really good experience. And I think that anybody, if they want to continue in their recovery and help other people, you know, to overcome the things that they have been through, that would be the, that would definitely be the route to go,
1: you know. Yes, Absolutely. And and I know that for me, it was very important as well. And I remember when I first heard about it and I realized that there were some things that were baked into that. One of the things that I've noticed as I look at statistics and data, a lot of people go to treatment and, and it's very easy to fall off because when treatment is over, you go back to where you were doing where everybody was doing what y'all was doing before you came in. So, um, you know, when I, I was very, very afraid when treatment got ready to end about how I was going to maintain recovery. And so then I found out about the certified peer specialist. Then I realized that if you're a certified peer specialist, you can work in the recovery field. You can actually do it professionally. And it's a Medicaid billable service now. So I realized that that was a gateway. And then I also realized and heard that if you apply for the certified peer specialist training or for the a job as a peer specialist, and you have a criminal history, they have a waiver process that will get you the job and waive your criminal history. And, and because for a lot of us that were in addiction, it's hard to be in addiction for fifty years not have a criminal history. You know what I mean? Um, it's hard to not have a significant mental health impairment and challenges when in and, and a criminal mentality as, as a result of environmental um I will call it uh, the opposite of peer support peer pressure and then an addiction very hard to end up without a criminal history when you've got that many different with that many uh genocidal concepts interacting in your life so um uh, And I had an extensive criminal history. So when I heard about the waiver and I had some people advocating for me and and my desire to not go back where I was, but to move forward, that was a prime opportunity. Um, I know that, uh, I think that's very important. So Tanisha, you went to the training and um, what happens after you complete the training?
0: So right now, I'm in the process of studying because next week I'll be taking my exam where we do the exam in person and um I'll be passing it. Yay, there you have it. Yes. I'll be certified.
1: That's right. (laughs) That's what I'm claiming. (laughs) That's right.
0: We would like to take a moment to acknowledge some of our partners in recovery. We are appreciative partners of the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network and would like to acknowledge them for providing peers with mental health resources and opportunities to become certified peer specialists in specific domains of their recovery. You can visit their website by going to www.gmhcn.org. We are also proud to be in partnership with the Georgia Council on Substance Abuse. They provide multiple recovery resources and the CARES support one line. You can visit their website by going to gasubstanceabuse.org. So, um, Tanisha, I want to also find out
1: I know that we've been doing a lot of work with uh, messaging, recovery messaging, and, and we've done a, a ton of radio shows. And I know we're on all different platforms. Why do you think that messaging is important?
0: Oh, it's, it's important because we don't want to lose anybody. You know, we don't want people to be stuck out there without knowing that there is hope. You know, on the other side of the street if we don't tell people our story, if we don't tell people that we have been where they are and show them that there's hope and show them that we have overcome it, then they they won't have the glimpse of light to see see it for themselves. That's the most important part for me. And that's, that's why it's so important for me to get the message out to everyone and try to keep brainstorming on how else can we expand our reach? How else can we Get it out there. Can we reach people in other states, in other countries? You know, I like to think like that because there are people everywhere that have these challenges of mental health, substance abuse, and they may be in that first stage of recovery. You know, they may be in that second stage of recovery where they just sitting there and and you know they don't believe that they can overcome it. You know, but I think that we are the evidence and that we are a symbol of
1: hope for people. Yes. Instilling a sense of hope and possibility. That's right. (laughs) Sounds like one of the roles of services to me. Yeah, so, Tanisha, uh, first of all, this is Bill and Tanisha. We're once again bringing you grit and grace to Recovery Hour. We've had the privilege to answer a lot of questions from our viewers, and, and we just want to, once again, I want to shout out to the accountability courts, to Judge Bills, Judge Mumford, and Judge Cuthbert. want to shout out to the judges. Once again, we've been chosen to bring our messaging platforms to the uh, Council of Accountability Courts conference that they're having in Athens in September. Once again, we get a chance to go show the world what we're doing here in Rockdale County. I just want people out there, you can hear the sound of my voice. I want you to know that recovery is truly possible, that people are recovering. We don't have to die using drugs. We don't have to go back to jail. We don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to. I know a lot of people, I remember before I came into recovery, I used to believe that I had to do something. I remember that. I remember people saying, no, do it, don't do it. I said, I have to. And it was a lie. You do not have to do it. You can change your mind. You can do something different. And if you don't know what to do, then that's why we're giving you all of this access To And and shout out to the CARES, shout out to the Georgia Council on Substance Abuse for their warm line, shout out to NAMI, NAMI's got a warm line, shout out to the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network, they've got a line. There's a lot of different communication modes out there where you can reach out to people if you're having some challenges and you can talk to somebody and they can give you some suggestions on how to not have to do it. With that being said, Tanisha, can you tell the people out there in Radio Land how they hear these things? I know that the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour you can hear it Wednesdays from twelve to one and Thursdays from one to two on His Hop Nation on the His Hop Network, and Tanisha is going to tell you all those other ways that you can hear it and see it as well.
0: Yes, we want you all to keep coming back. We want you to stay connected with us. You can begin by going to our website. Our website is RockdaleSteppingUp.com, And on there, if you go to our Stay Connected page, that will link you to our, our newsletters. On our newsletters, you will be able to connect to all of our social media pages. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. On YouTube, you will be able to see that we select or nominate one person as our champion of recovery every month. And their um, video is on YouTube. It's also in our newsletter on our website. Also, you will hear a message from the commissioner, Dr. Doreen Williams from Rockville County. And you will be able to link with us and follow or subscribe to our podcast. Our podcast is available on Several different platforms. We are on Anchor and then we're also on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, all of those platforms. Subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all of our social media so that you can stay connected. You can keep getting our recovery messaging. And you will get alerted once our podcasts come out on a weekly basis.
1: With that being said, so this is Bill and Tanisha once again with the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour. We want to thank y'all for all your support. Keep the questions coming. Keep supporting us. And guess what? We're going to keep coming back, man. And we're going to do our best. And we know God will do the rest. Anyway, y'all have a great week. And we're going to see y'all again next week. Thank you for
0: tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO, or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.